0: All right, welcome back, guys. Uh, getting a couple extra podcasts in today. If You may hear a little thunder and lightning in the background. We're getting finally getting some rain that we needed. Um, so we're, we're taking advantage of that um, or making the most of it, you might say. We're in the house. You might hear the puppies squealing in the back a little bit here shortly. But i um, going to go with a quick one here because we've got a vet appointment that we're heading out to with the pups to get their first set of VACs today. Um, this is a question that came... Uh, a couple weeks ago, and I I emailed back the answer yesterday, but I thought it was worth a podcast because it's a question that I think comes up often. We may have even talked about this in the past, um, not exact. So um, there's always little variations depending on specifics that people message in. So I'm going to get started with you. It says, Hi, I just got done listening to, and I know it was because uh, she listened to a podcast that was similar to this. So it says, hi, I just got done listening to Dog Runs Away and Chases Animals, episode 124. I'm having trouble with my 11-month-old lab. She's never been great at recall, and it makes sense with her, with keep, keeping her on a lead until she earns it. My question is, she's full of energy. How do I let her release it? Will she get enough exercise by being on the lead? She does good on the lead. She does good on the lead. She knows when it is off. She can run. I'm afraid of losing her. Thanks. So I'm not sure what episode 124 was. Uh, I don't remember it exactly. So I don't know necessarily specifics of how close this one is or not to that. So if I double up on some information, it is what it is. I, I think it's valuable. So here's my response back to her was, I don't think it's one thing. I think sometimes... You know, so her question was, I think with her question, I think there's multiple things there that you're asking. Um, and I think it's multiple points that need to be addressed in order to get what I think you're looking for from a result standpoint. So just to summarize what you've got here, she's never been great at recall. Uh, she, You're afraid that she needs doesn't get enough exercise if she's kept on a lead, you understand that keeping her on a lead is maybe necessary because her recall is no good. Um, But what can you do to get some exercise without being, is that enough by keeping the dog on the lead? And you're afraid that when she knows she's on lead, she's good. When she's off lead, she's not. So there's, there's multiple things there. And one of them is recall. It's not good. And I think recall needs to be good. I think it's a, a coin flip for me sometimes when it comes to what's the most important thing a dog needs to know. I, I go back and forth between recall and heel. And I, I probably side to heel because I think heel can, heel can be recalled in, in some ways because heel is a position. Heel is next to our side. I think we did talk about this in the last guys in the last one, but anyway, so you got both. You're talking about both here. First. So first things first, You need to fix recall. This is that. That's a. That's a. You can't get around it. I think sometimes we, we know what the problem is. It's a fundamental thing. Like I have bad recall, but this is happening and this is happening. And I'm more concerned about how I can give her energy and how can I do it on the lead. We we gloss over it a bit, and we don't recognize and realize you gotta fix the problem. You gotta fix the root. You gotta create the solution not just remedy symptoms. So that's got to get fixed. Second thing that you're talking about here is she's full of energy. How do I let her release it? Well, I think sometimes we have issues with dogs because the energy is created by us with our fast pace. So I think slowing down is important. I think the best way to counter dogs that are super high energy is not to go figure out ways to release the energy. I think it's slow down and start countering the behavior, countering the tendencies. It's not as easy. It's not super it's not so simple that you just go, oh, we'll just slow down for a day or two and then the dog will adjust. No, it takes a while. It's a cultural thing. I think we create a lot of the the spazzy dogs that are out there, a lot of the hyperactive dogs that are out there, a lot of the dogs that show anxiety. And I think we create a lot of that because of our inabilities to separate this idea of they need to be somewhat independent. And when I say independent, I don't mean like individual leaders. I think what they need to do is be able to be able to function on their own. Okay. Like they got to be adults. It's a lot like kids growing up. If the kids are coddled, 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 and I'm not gonna get into telling people how to parent because I don't want anyone telling me how to parent, but I believe for me and our family, and my wife feels the same way, that if we coddle, 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 coddle our kids, they're gonna have a really hard time in the real world. I also don't believe in the idea of taking these little kids and throwing them out in the real world and going, figure it out. Like, I, I gotta be somewhere in the middle there. I gotta help them when they need help and I got to have them be big kids when they need to be big kids. And and they don't go from babies to adults. They go from babies to little kids, little kids to big kids, big kids to young adults, young adults to adults. So there's always that there's always that fine line of when is when when is the time for that? I don't know, and I don't know that it's a set thing either. But we have to figure out that the idea of how our dogs act. I just posted a thing on Instagram. It was a picture of our two dog, two puppies that we have. And they're, you're going to be seven, I think they're seven weeks old on Tuesday. And so they, one of them has a different personality than the other. That's, I can tell like very, very, it's really easy to tell. One of them is a little bit more vocal. One of them is a little bit more relaxed. Neither one of them has seen mom for a couple of weeks. Like Spry's pretty relaxed but neither one has seen mom for a few weeks. For the first couple weeks they did, but they were barely mobile at that time. So we, we are trying to keep things in a pretty cool environment. Like I think there are ways, someone sent me a message the other day. What program are you following with your puppies? I don't follow any program. I love the hell out of them. I have our daughter involved with it. We try to let them explore as much as they can safely. Like that's my program of puppies. And, and I know there's lots of studies out there and there's lots of We touch them a lot. We carry them a lot. We handle them a lot. I don't follow any like formal puppy program. And I I think, is there value in some of it? For sure. Is some of it marketing? For sure. But I just think that with our puppies, we are definitely trying to introduce them to a lifestyle or a culture right from the get-go of, let's start to develop some fundamental things. Like when you get up, you should go outside and go to the bathroom. Like these dogs are going to go home nearly crate trained and housebroken. And they're going to be seven seven weeks, eight weeks old. And it's not because we're wonderful master trainers. It's because we have followed some routines and we've tapped into their biological ways. They don't want to poop or pee in their kennel. They'll do everything they can to make sure that they don't until they do. I just had a message from a person that sent me this as an eight week old puppy that just won't settle down in the crate, pees in it and lays in it what's the problem? And I haven't responded back yet because I haven't had time, but part of it is probably was there when you got it. Like once they start having accidents and think they can be laying around in their own mess, it's hard for them to realize they shouldn't. It's very easy from the start. So our setup, literally our kennel setup is training them to sleep in their crate and come out to go to the bathroom. And we're, we've started to intercept that not even to go to the bathroom in the whelping area. It's get them outside and let them go to the bathroom. And they whine a little bit. They're, they're whine, coming up and whining and holding it just so much that we can get them outside. So that's all cultural. Now that's specific stuff with housebreaking potty training. I think the idea of excessive energy and hyperactivity is also promoted or dampened by how we operate around them. So one of the things I'm going to say is slow down, Sandy. That's one of the ways that we can allow this high energy. So instead of having to figure out how to release the energy, let's just not build it up. Instead of like figuring out how to open up that that pressurized pop bottle, instead, let's just not put the t- cap on so tight and shake it. So that's part of it. The next thing is when it comes to exercise, I do think there is a fine line of necessary need for exercise. You've got an 11 month old dog. So it's not a little puppy anymore. It does need exercise. Little puppies need exercise too. But little puppies are different because they spend so much energy growing, like physically growing, they get tired just by growing. So the physical energy and the ability for them to put on any type of mileage is really limited. I don't encourage it. I don't think you should take young dogs for long walks. It's too hard on their little legs, their their joints, their bones. It's they're so in development, I don't, I like little explorations and then put them back up. Enough to get them moving, enough to give them some opportunities to explore and discover and create some boldness and create some following. I like little dogs that that want to come and recall when they really really don't want to be left alone. I got two little dogs right now that don't want to be left alone. Take them outside, they're going to walk right around you. They're going to want to hug right on your heels. That's great. Take advantage of it. Teach recall. So, that's one of the things you you're struggling with is recall i can make my life a lot easier at 11 months old if by 11 weeks old they're really tailing along with me and i'm developing that shaping that habit now that's exercise for a little one the older ones probably need a little bit more but i don't think it's a ton i i don't think we have to get them on four wheelers and run them for miles i think what ends up happening is is when we do that It's very mindless exercise. It's just physical conditioning is all that is. And what happens when we do that is we allow them to become much more fit. And I think fit is important. But when all you do is condition the body and not the mind, they become very strong athletic dogs that don't think a whole lot. And they become that much harder to tire out. And when you combine and couple that with hyper type activities and pace around them, you got a recipe for disaster. So instead I told, I, and I mentioned it in here, I said, I would rather put the dog, I think I can tire a dog out quicker by putting him on lead. At 11 months old, you should be doing some heel work for sure. I think you can do better by putting the dog on lead and covering less than a hundred yards. Hell, it might be less than 50 yards in 20 minutes. Then you would be covering five miles in 20 minutes. I think you'll tire them out more if you ask them to think about every step they take. So physically the, yes, they're moving. They're, they're getting a little bit of exercise. They're getting a little bit of opportunity to walk, but we're stimulating the mind as well as the body simultaneously. And it's that much harder because we're asking them to do it together. So I, I make turns. I may stop. I may put the dog on a remote sit, put them on an Island, make the, require them to do some things that require them to think and then translate that down to their feet. And so now in a very relatively low impact, not a lot of exercise physically on lead you can make the, you can improve your heel work. You can hell this is the time that you could start to work. You get really good at this, Sandy. This is when you start to be able to work to get them off lead. So your question is is she knows when she's on and she knows when she's off? She can run. Well, not if you teach good heel work, because good heel work to me is not a loose lead. That's one step in good heel work. Good heel work is no lead. Loose lead is good. No lead is better. Off lead is the goal. So we want to have the same amount of control with the dog, whether they're on lead or off lead. So I think a lot of people get confused with the idea of the goal is to get them to walk well on a leash. No, the the goal is to get them to walk well without a leash. Walking well with a leash is a step along the way. So you get to the point where your dog doesn't have to wear a lead and still is in good control. This is where that's developed. It's not developed in five-mile walks or runs. It's developed in five-yard 180s box drills where we walk in squares. It's it, it's doing all sorts of things where we're asking these dogs to worry about where they're putting their feet. If they're, if we're making nice turns and they're leading with their hind quarters as opposed to leading with their chest all the time. That's all heel work stuff. So you watch our our foundation video, we've got chapters on heel work, chapters and chapters of drills on heel work because I just think it's that critical and that important. Again, it goes back to like, what's more important, recall or heel. I think if you tell a dog, heal, that means come and get in position. So if they could be at 100 yards and you say, heal, they should come to heal. What is that? It's also recall. So recall, here, you know, come to me. That's one thing. But heal can mean the same thing for them. So I really think there's multiple things that you have to work on here and develop. And I don't think it means you're racking your brain on how can I exercise my dog and, and get them off lead and get a lot of miles on them without them running away. Because you said, I'm afraid of losing her. Get to the point where you have no fear of taking the dog for walks on or off lead. And, and wait, because and, I know what you're saying is, well, yeah, but I got to tire him out. Try it. Try getting the dog to focus for 20 straight minutes at 11 months old. And you might not be able to get 20 straight minutes out of it get 10 good minutes of focus. And I mean like really good dialed in focus and challenge them with your pace, change the pace, change the tempo, change direction, go left, go right, turn 180, do all sorts of things that that dog has to stay in position. Now, if you're not very good at heel work, those are not gonna be undoable. You're not gonna be able to do that. So then take a step back and start getting good at heel work, which means start working on the 180 drills, start working on the box drills, start doing the stuff that's in that heel work video, and putting it into play. Watch Live with Spry and watch Bella Be Good and tell me how many episodes we talk about a major emphasis is heal. I bet you for the first eight months, from about 10 weeks old till about 10 months old. So about eight month window there. I bet you 75% of our work includes an emphasis on getting good heel work. It's not always good because it doesn't start out that good. But we focus on ensuring that we're developing it. And once we develop it, we don't let it go away. Our, our workshops start out with heel. It's a big important part of the beginning of it because it's a measuring stick. And then we, we worry about how we can get better at it. And then after our first breakout session, the second day, heel counts and matters the entire weekend. We do not let people slip. We don't let them work on heel work during the breakout sessions. And then when they go back and put their dogs up or when they go get their dogs and come out to breakout sessions, let them just be sloppy with heel work. Because if you do that, you're, you look at the percentage of time. The majority of the time your heel work is not that good. And it's only good for a small percentage of time when you're working on it in a drill. What has to happen is heel work needs to be focused and studied and paid attention to and practiced the entire time, always. No turning it off. It's on all the time. And when that happens, results come. So it takes more out of the dog. It also takes more. It's way easier for you to just go get them and let them run. so much easier. And it's so much more counterproductive. So those are a few things you can do. I I sent you an email back. I'm going to send you another email and say, you know, Um, and my email to you was probably a little bit different than this podcast. I'm going to send you a message and let you know that we did a podcast on it too, a little extra information for you. But the other thing that I was just thinking about, didn't say it in the email, water work is a nice way to get some really good exercise. And it's not such a, a freedom thing. Like my dogs, (laughs) I like, it's one of my little tricks at times with dogs that don't retrieve really well. I take them to the water. And when they start getting the idea of go out and come back, there's no dog I know that goes out, picks up a dummy, and then goes for free runs or victory laps on the water. They never do, they always come back. Because they, they're they swimming. They don't have the ability to just go running wild. So that can click with a dog. And, and you take, it's a lot like putting a dog up on a table, you take away their legs, you take away their feet, and their focus becomes better. Well, when you take away their feet on the water, Their focus typically becomes better. Now, what you got to be careful is don't let the dog get back to the bank and then start free running. So get your swimsuit on, get into the water with them, intercept them. You can move faster than they can. I do that with young dogs. If they're going to get up on the bank and run away from me, well, then I just don't let them get to the bank. Get in the water with them. Then come back to me. But that's excellent exercise. It's super low impact. I try to do that with all of my dogs, the most I can. Not only because it's good for water work, like training on the water and we have a relatively limited amount of time to do it up here, but it's also the best exercise. It is the best conditioning. I I have I have had dogs where I go I, my older dogs won't we'll do this with the young dog, but I have older dogs where I'll get out in a boat and row our my wife will kayak and let the dog swim behind and, and go swim around the island. And that's a few hundred yards. And it's just a really good exercise for them. And they love it. And they have fun with her. And she's right there with them. And I have no risk. You know, I'm not worried about boats hitting them or anything because there's someone right there with them with a kayak. And, and I, we're talking about on like, a, like a recreational lake. So great, great ways to condition the dogs. And I like to do that in the late summer um, because it's typically so warm. hard to get the exercise in unless we're doing it real, real early in the morning. So when we're up north for weekends, which we try to do that a lot, I get such good conditioning in um, and I do it real safely by doing that. So there's another way for you to do it that I didn't talk about in the email. That's it. I got to go. I got to get to a vet appointment. Thank you guys for listening. This is another one, a little short one, but um, great question from Sandy and I thought it would be helpful to share so appreciate your support please do us the favor if you're listening on a podcast app or any type of listening device that has a review please leave us a review there's uh, whether it be a star thing or a comment if you got a comment it'd be even better because I can read it then and get a little bit of feedback from you see what you like what you prefer if there's something something you don't like if you really don't like this podcast don't listen to it you don't have to leave us a rating though but uh, it, it I, I kid about it a little bit, but not that much. So thank you guys for the support. I appreciate it. Uh, We'll continue to do them. Uh, looking forward to continuing this platform for us because we're getting really nice feedback from it. And I really enjoy it because they're quick, they're they're fast, they're easy. And uh, we've got a new development coming out with our website that you're going to probably like even more where we're going to tie in some of this podcast stuff, but we're also tying in a lot of these emails that I'm sending back to people that never get talked about. We're going to have a place to share them there for you too. So looking forward to a lot of really overwhelming and exciting things that are on the on the horizon here for us that are in the works but uh, we get we're, we're always trying to improve and trying to move forward so thank you guys for the support we appreciate it more than you know